If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Salute each and every one with the awesome and the blessing words of grace, mercy, and peace. May they be multiplied unto you this evening. Uh, we welcome you to T.L. Elliott Ministries, and I am Apostle Elliot. And in that, we are continuing on this journey through what I call a profound or, or a phenomenal book that God would allow an individual to write in order to edify the body of Christ. The book I'm referring to, if there's anybody that's new, is the book of Revelation. The last book of the Bible uh, in the New Testament. It is entitled Revelation coming from the Greek word apocalypsis. Apocalypsis meaning to reveal or to unveil or to expose and in that it is talking about revealing or re or unveiling what has already been learned through the process in stating that I remind you the harmony line of the book of revelation or the book book of exposure the book of revealing is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach. Uh, for it declares in Revelations chapter 1, verse 1, this is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. So in that, we continue to keep the harmony line of who the book is about in order to get within. And as we continue to mantle ourselves with the understanding of this being about Jesus Christ, we begin to understand that we have to be in a spiritual place to move forward in understanding this. For Jesus came both as man and as God. And many of us especially in the body of Christ, have limited ourselves in the understanding of him because we are so caught up in understanding him in the natural that we miss the God that he was. Amen. So as I state that, I, I, I reiterate that God has me in a place of teaching this book in this season from the spiritual perspective more so than the literal perspective or the natural because this is where we have to be as a body of believers especially as we are looking uh, intently to live with him in eternity. Amen. So in saying that Tonight, I pick up with part two of Revelation chapter 19. For those that may have the Bible study notes or those who are familiar with the book of Revelation and chapter 19, many people address it as the white throne judgment chapter. Amen. And I'm keeping with the harmony line of that as the theme with teaching this. Amen. So uh, 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 tonight... New information will begin when I get to verse four. Uh, but those that are listening, let me recap 
what has transpired in verses 1, 2, and 3 of, of Revelation chapter 19. And in this, we began to see here, uh, uh, John says in Revelations 19, verse 1, 2, and 3, he says, And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornications, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. Now in, in rereading that to those who were part of this on before, what has transpired is that Revelations chapter 17 and 18 tie to the introduction of chapter 19. What has happened is God has began to move forward with his judgment upon the things not only of the universe but the things of the earth as many people are listening you're saying the judgments of the universe apostle yes as we talked about the seven seals and the seven bold judgments that have already been covered in the previous chapters we see that the sun becomes darkened we see the moon becomes as blood we we see the stars fall out of the heavens so we began to understand that there is not only a judgment or purging that is to occur earthbound there is a judgment or purging that occurs universally i.e the universe is impacted because Keep this in mind. God is the creator, so the things that were created are being impacted by his purging or his judgment. Now, let me reiterate to you, as we understood here, even as it says in verse 2 of Revelation chapter 19, and I want to make sure that if somebody didn't catch this in the last Bible study, that you catch it on this one. Understand that he says, True and righteous are his judgments. I echo that for you that are listening because what, what that says to you as a believer or a listener is that God put parameters on his judgment. God put a equation, if I can say, that is always applied when he is executing judgment. Now, keep this in mind. When we're, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, judgment, the, the Greek word for it is crisis, which means separation and it means justice. So let me clarify this to make sure everybody's still understanding. When God begins to do anything of a judgment, it's not like going to court in the natural with a judge and a jury and somebody on trial. Understand, his judgment is about separation of things, not to get a, 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 a jury present to let their uh, uh, emotions or decisions sway him anyway to make a ruling as to a sentence towards who is on trial. <clears throat> let me say that again. 
God's judgment is not like man's judgment. God's judgment, he says, when I do judgment, what I base my judgment on is truth. And I base it on righteousness, i.e. justification. Is it justified? Is it something in balance? And remember, as we've been looking through the book of Revelation and we begin to understand what righteousness is or justification, it's a legal exchange, i.e. Let me remind you, if you go buy something at the store, you got to have the, the right denomination of money in order to purchase it so that they don't think that you're stealing walking out the store with it being either unpaid or you not given enough money okay so God's righteousness is about a legal transaction you 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 get what you give in a matter of speaking okay so in this uh, we understand that there have now been a judgment as it says on the great whore or the great harlot as I clarified that we're not talking about a physical woman. We're talking about a spiritual system or a spiritual mindset. Okay. Because understand the term whore or harlot. When we, we translate that uh, 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 from the Greek, it, the Greek word is porne, which means idolater. Okay. The term uh, 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 also applies itself to uh, 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 being involved with anything and everything. Because I reiterate, you reiterate to everybody that's listening as well. We've got to understand when we, when we start talking about adultery, when we start talking about fornication, we understand what it is in the natural sense. Amen. But in the spiritual sense, it's a deeper thing. Okay, natural sense adultery is if somebody is married and they get involved with somebody else outside of their marriage. We understand that. Amen. However, in the spiritual sense, when God is talking adultery, uh, uh, when it involves him, adultery is in the sense as to someone claiming they're in a relationship with him or a covenant with him. And they began to practice other religions. They began to practice paganism. They began to practice everything else but being faithful to God. That's adultery to God. When we talk about fornication in the spiritual, let me, let me digress. Fornication, for those that are listening, as we understand in the natural, is if people are not married and they're intimately involved with people without consummating a relationship through marriage or a covenant. All right. So if we understand that in the natural, let me reiterate what fornication is to God in the spiritual. This is when you are not in a relationship with God. You're not in a covenant with him, but you practice the things of God. You expect to get the blessings from God. You pray and seek answers from God for the things that you want or the things that you're trying to do, but you haven't committed to him. And in the same turn, in the same breath, you turn and do the same thing with any other God or with none at all. This is fornication unto God in the spiritual sense. In the same sense, as I say, the term 
whore or harlot also means idolater. Remember, idolatry is the practice uh, the practice of worshiping something that does nothing, i.e. a idol. You said and worship something that is an object that has no life force to it. Or in the same term, there could be things uh, 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 in the natural that have a life force, but yet they can't do anything for you. You're praying to a bird. You're, 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 you're praying to a cow. You're praying to a dog and you're looking for them to do something for you in the identity of being like a God in your life. God says, this is idolatry unto me. So understanding this, understanding this verse two talks about that, that the judgment comes towards the whore. And in Revelation 18, the judgment comes towards Babylon or the Babylonian system. What is the Babylonian system? The Babylonian system, as I said before, and I'll say it to you again, when you really get this into the spiritual perspective of understanding, is dealing with the governing system that manipulates people to do what they want them to do, i.e., even religion itself is a modified or a hybrid form of the Babylonian system because it is to govern people to worship a certain way or to think a certain way, which is always within the parameters of how man can explain things with a scientific understanding in order to say they are so. So, so in that, this is now what has met judgment. And with these things, having nothing of God in the midst of them, they have what, what man has declared as his God, uh, leading them, guiding them and influencing them. God brings judgment upon them. And in that the smoke of them rises to heaven forever and ever. Because once again, as I said before, God's judgment is about separation. His judgment if I can put it in a layman's term that you may be able to grab is like what metallurgists do or what blacksmiths do, which is called smeltering. Smeltering is when you you put a metal to a fire, i.e. gold or silver, as many of you may be familiar. And so what happens is a metallurgist or a blacksmith wants to make the metal as pure as it possibly can be. So what they do is they put it in fire. Fire has to be to a, a certain height of temperature in order to liquefy the metal, all right? However, they can't just put it in fire because all it is going to do is liquefy. What is the way that they're going to extrapolate the impurities from the metal other than the fact of using what is called brimstone? Brimstone in today's terminology, as I said before, is nothing more than sulfur, i.e. it is the antibiotic that's added in. It's the extrapolant factor or the formula that will allow those impurities to be pulled out so that when the metal cools, it's in its purest form. So now, 
If we're understanding that, somebody should really get a high five right now because you begin to understand now what the Holy Spirit is and why the scripture implies it like fire and it applies God like fire. And we have to be living sacrifices. The thing is, we're going through a smeltering process that a lot of people have not realized or understood as spiritual individuals because you have not put the spiritual concept to it. Amen. So, so what happens? happens is this is what's now happening to the whore the harlot this is what has happened to the Babylonian system and apparently since God wasn't in the DNA of their inception there's nothing left there's there's always smoke and ashes that are rising nothing is left over to be the remnant of God out of these so now it brings me to begin to to move forward with verse four on tonight. Amen. So for those of you that have the word of the Lord with you before you right now, let us begin to look at this verse four. It says, and the four and 20 elders and the four beasts fell down and worship God that sat on the throne saying, amen. Hallelujah. Now let's begin to dissect that because, uh, as we understood here, uh, between verse one and verse three, there were those who were praising him and they were saying, Alleluia. I remind you the term Alleluia comes from, uh, uh, the, the Greek word, Yah. However, as I, as I gave many a real revelation on this, that God gave to me, uh, uh, in a spiritual place, Hallelujah is saying, Holy is the loosing of God. It's three syllables. How? Lay uh, uh, or Hale, Lu, and Yah. Hale uh, uh, is Hebrew for holy. Lu is Greek for luos from uh, from the Greek dialect, which means loosing. Yah is both Hebrew, ancient Aramaic, Sumerian, and African dialect for God. So when you put those together, it says holy is the loosing of God. All right. So they're praising the fact that God has no no restraints. There is no parameters or limits on God. So those that are in his presence are praising him or are giving him thanks because he's everywhere. He's he's in everything and out of everything. He's around everything in the midst of everything. He's the 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 total essence of everything that's there in the place that they are worshiping him. So verse four, it says the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worship God. Now, in saying that, it says that there are twenty four elders all right. Now, many people could get into uh, the semantics of saying there were four elders and then there's 24 or they will say uh, uh, 24 total. All right. God has not given me any revelation that there is a delineation between the four and the 20, how it has been translated uh, in the English. But the bottom line, we begin to see that there is a significance in the number because understand this 24 is 12 twice 12 is the prophetic number of government 12 is a prophetic number of foundation 12 is the prophetic number of order all right so they are symbolically in the prophetic symbolizing uh, uh order a double portion of order 
Hear what I'm saying? If it's 12 twice, that's a double portion. So, th so prophetically, there's something being spoken about the number more so than, than, than the identity. But now, in that, as it says, the 12, 24 elders, it speaks towards them in the Greek as presbyteros, which means they are senior leaders. They're those who have uh, uh, got a little more, little more time, a little more experience, a little more in the presence. Amen. They've had a little bit more of an opportunity than anyone else. So in that it says 24 elders and then it says the four beasts. Now, as I can remind you, if you were not present on the Bible study, when I talked about the four beasts before, even though we're understanding that it, it is saying four beasts, understand uh, that the, 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 what, what is being brought to our attention is it is declaring four beings of flesh. All right. Not just in the, in the sense as many people would default to think these were like, uh, crazy looking creatures or so forth. What I'm bringing to your attention, whether we can define what they are as human beings or not, what is being declared is due to the fact that the term beast is being used. It is giving you a revelation that there are four beings of flesh that are in the heavenlies. Okay. Not just spiritual, spiritual beings or aberrations. We're talking about something that has flesh that is in the presence. So these four beasts fell down and the term fall down is is pipto which means to descend so so it wasn't that they was tripped as we would think in the natural they purposely yielded themselves before him and they worshiped him worshiping once again is proskenue meaning they prostrated oneself meaning even in the deeper sense they changed their posture in his presence they could not stay in their posture the way that they came in when they came into the presence of God it caused them to say I have to humble myself because I'm not the equivalent of the power of the being that is in front of me so they prostrated themselves before God uh, uh, and it says the God that watch this not just any God, but it says the God that sat on the throne. All right. Now that that is emphasized because here in the book of Revelation, when we look at the term throne, throne is the Greek word thronos. Thronos means the seat of power, the seat of authority, the seat that harbors all forms of power known. Now, for those who who may not have the knowledge, uh, when we talk about power, I've said this before in a couple of the previous Bible studies, but I don't mind covering it again. When we talk about power, especially out of the Greek dialect, there's a couple of words for power, but understand that that all of them do not mean the same thing. The one that many of us are familiar with that we hear in religious arenas is dunamis. Dunamis is the Greek word for for power, which associates itself with one's ability, one's strength, one's capability in the natural to do something. All right. Then you have what's called exousia. Exousia is power based on 
uh, uh, your spirituality or your mindset, i.e. influential power. Okay, then you have what is called curiotes or kratos power. This type of power is associated with lordship. That means you have mastered and have authority over your dunamis as well as your exousia. See, and you have to understand that as, as many that are listening to what I am saying right now, you're understanding that you've got dunamis power and that you've got exousia power. But see, every time those come into use doesn't necessarily mean you're in control of them. Okay, let me say that again. Every time that I use my dunamis does not necessarily mean I'm in control or I am purposing my dunamis to be used. Every time I use exousia doesn't necessarily mean I'm in the right mindset to influence for the right reason. Okay, so understand, since you can use either one of those for different wheels, whether you doing it for God or doing it for self or doing whatever you're doing for somebody else. Now, as you understand that, that means that everything that you do is not God driven. Every time you put your body in motion, it is not necessarily to do something for God. Every time that you think a thought, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a thought according to God. So with that, there, there we have to look to master those things to put lordship to them. Now I understand that lordship, Chiriotis or Kratos power, means that every time that I, I begin to use my mind to think things or my spirit to, to think things or allow things into it, I focus it to be on God. Every time I put my body in motion, it's meant for servitude of God. Now I've got Chiriotis, now I've got Kratos, now I have lordship. Okay, so 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 in in that we 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 understand that God who sits on the throne is really uh, being acknowledged as the Lord over all forms of power. This is what the 24 elders and the four beasts are yielding to. They're like, my God, this is the Lord of power because he's in control. He's in control and he's the one that made the dynamics of all versions of power that exist that all of us can function in as living beings. So we reverence him as the source, him being uh, 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 the beginning of all of this, him being where this comes from to give us the ability to do what we do. Amen. So now verse five, verse five, it says, and a voice came out of the throne saying, praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. So, so John, who is the one that's recording the book of Revelation, he says that there was a voice that came out of the throne. Now, now understand this. What, what is profound is the fact that John said that there was a voice that came out of the throne versus a declaration that came out of the throne. Now, I know you're listening and saying, okay, Apostle, why are you making a difference between a voice and a declaration? Okay, understand this. A voice means 
uh, uh, hear that something specifically was being said. Something was specifically specifically uh, uh, being given as a command or a frequency to be understood. Okay, as a declaration. It doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's saying something. There could be an action or something that that becomes in the mindset that was understood. So the scripture here is declaring that there was a voice that came out of the throne or the place of power. Okay. Now, in saying that, the, the scripture says it said, praise our God, i.e. give thanks to our God. All ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. Now, you got to understand something right here. The scripture delineates between two groups of people or two groups of living entities. It first of all says, praise him, those who are his servants. All right. The Greek word for servant is doulos. Okay. Now, well, what, what, what's, what's profound that y'all, y'all got to understand this because I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to really bring something to your attention. Being a servant for God is not just somebody that is a waiter in the natural being a servant is not just somebody that that answers every request that somebody gives them. All right. Why do I say that? Other than I remind you of something that the prophet Amos said. Amos said in Amos 3, 7, surely God does nothing in the earth unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Okay. What I'm reminding you, I'm taking you back in the history of time by the prophetic writings of the prophet Amos, that God defines his servants as prophets. Prophets are mouthpieces for God. That means they're, they're, they're not just servants that execute for him. You got to understand in the natural, when we be thinking about a servant, a servant works for their Lord or for their boss and everything that they do. Watch this. They stay in their their boss's attention or their Lord's Lord's uh, presence until not only they're told what to do, but they're given clear instructions. And then they execute those instructions on behalf of their boss or their Lord, i.e. they go forward in the identity of their boss to execute what they have been told to do. And in that they speak what they were, were told to do in order to cause the universe to line up with what they physically execute. So that means those who are praising God right now that are thanking him are also those who have embraced the prophetic mantle and have the ability to 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 be clarions. They have the ability to speak on God's behalf just as much as work for him. 
See, many people right now in the body of Christ want to claim that they're a servant of God. But the question is, are they also a mouthpiece of God? The mouthpiece of God, of the prophetic, is what validates true servitude as a servant unto God. This is what the scripture is declaring with those that are in the heavens now. They're ones who have made declarations on God's behalf. They're ones that have spoken on his behalf. And people have heard them or people know when they speak that they would reverence and think of them as God. Why do I say that? If y'all think about it, every time that the prophets had the encounters with angels, notice that by the scriptures, they kneeled down or they prostrated themselves and said, my Lord. And the angel had to turn around and tell them, I'm not God. I'm a servant just like you. Okay. So if they're a servant, just like them, they're saying you've got the potential basically to be in the position that I am for him. But the thing is, what's profound is when I came into your present as an angel or a messenger, you mistook me for him because of the anointing of his power that I speak on his behalf or bring into your presence. So So the scripture here tells us that there are those who are the prophets of him, those who are the mouthpieces of him, those who are the clairvoyants of him that are in the heavenlies right now praising him. Then the scripture says those that fear him, both small and great. Okay. Let, 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 let me take a moment to clarify that in your hearing. It says, now ye that fear. Now, understand, the, the Greek word for fear is uh, phobeo. Phobeo is where we, in the English dialect, get the term phobia. Okay? It means frightened or to revere. You know what I'm saying? Shy yourself from because... Uh, watch this. You really don't know what to expect. So in the reality of the matter, what this verse is really giving us uh, a, a revelation on is there are those who don't know him and don't know what to expect from him, which deems why they have a phobia. Uh, y'all y'all hear, what, hear what I'm saying? I don't want you to miss this. The ones who are in group two that are praising him, they, they, they really don't have a real revelation as to why they're doing it because they're only doing it out of fear. The reason they're doing it out of fear is because they never got to know him. See, notice that when when we have a real relationship with the Lord, uh, I had said I said something here in one of one of the spiritual thoughts that I put out earlier this week about the more that we get to know him, the more we will find a change within self because the change within self begins to become like him. Okay, so so understand this, then, as I said before, if the angels or the messengers have been mistaken for God in the presence of the prophets and the apostles or those that they came into their presence, then what what, what happens is that as we get relationship with him, we begin to become more like him. And in that we're not worshiping him out of fear. We're worshiping him out of love. 
because we want to worship him. It's not even a thing that he got to tell us to praise him, give him thanks. It ain't a thing that he got to tell us to worship him or change our posture. It becomes automatic because we desire to do it. What's happening here, though, there is a population that didn't have a desire, but yet they, they were doing it because they don't know him and they don't know what to expect. And see, you think about this. A lot of things that you have phobias over, fears over in the natural is because they're, they're things tied to the unexpected. Okay, in, in the same turn, uh, 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 if you were afraid of heights, the, the thing is you will have a fear because you don't know what to expect in the process of falling or what's going to happen when you hit the ground. If you're afraid of, of uh, 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 swimming or so forth or jumping in the ocean, you have a fear or a phobia of drowning because you don't know what will be the point that you can't breathe no more. You don't know what will be the point that you can't get air or come to the surface. So, 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 so in that these who are praising him out of fear are in a place that they don't know what to expect from him. Okay. So, so now let, let, let me move to, to verse six, verse six of revelations 19. It says, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunders saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Okay, now here it says uh, uh, in, in verse six, he says, I heard and understand hearing as John is in a spiritual place. I, I keep reiterating that. For the book of Revelation, it's the revealing of Christ. So we've got to stay in a spiritual place. Hear what I'm saying. So John, when he said, I heard, the Greek word is akuo. You have to understand, we're not just talking about physically hearing. He's talking about discerning or understanding. So when, when John is saying these things in the book of Revelation, as he says, I heard, he is speaking in a prophetic place. Why do I tell you or echo that he's in a prophetic place other than the fact that the majority of the chapters in the book of Revelation, John says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what thus saith the Lord. All right. He says he that hath an ear, let him hear. But yet prior to him declaring that in a verse, John is giving you a visual description. Now, wait a minute. He's describing things visual. But yet he turns around and tells you he to have an ear, let him hear. He, he should be saying he that sees what I'm describing, let him be able to see it. But that's not what John said. He said he to have an ear, let him hear. John is saying that there is a spiritual voice. There's a spiritual frequency that is being relayed in everything that I describe from being in the presence of God or in the celestial host in order to write this record for you to know what you need to know, especially about Christ. So he says, he that hath an ear, meaning he that is in a spiritual place that based upon what I'm giving you in description, you're putting spiritual understanding to it. He says, he says, I heard as it were a voice. All right. Now, Notice this, 
In the previous verse, he said, I heard a voice out of the throne. Here, John is saying, I heard as it were a voice. This kind of goes back, like I just said previously, like a declaration. Sometimes the declaration may not be something said. It's something demonstrated or it's something felt in the spirit without verbal words coming along with it. So, so John says that I heard or I was able to discern as if somebody was talking to me. He says a great multitude. All right. Now, remember, great can mean either big or important. He says multitude. Oculus, which which means uh, company or riot. All right. Then he says, and as a voice. All right. And I, I just love the word voice in the Greek. It comes from the word phone or phone that we're used to, which means a device that produces a sound. So he says, I heard a voice as of many waters. All right. Now, as he says of many waters, many different, what he's saying is many different frequencies. You think about it. Uh, it's hard to say many waters if you're you're by an ocean because the ocean makes a crashing sound that's the same anywhere on the shore of the ocean in the bathroom however water trickling through your sink is different from water coming through your shower head well, I'm trying trying to get you somewhere so 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 in that John is declaring both the power of some water versus the soft flow of some waters. He's saying that there is a frequency that is being spoken that accommodates all. When I hear crashing water, what it does, it will cause me to get in check and be alert. When I hear trickling water, it causes me to become soothed in my spirit that all is well. So John is articulating what the Lord has given me is that in the spirit, he's saying the voice was as many waters. It accommodated every expectation in order to get one's attention. John's attention was captured by what he was hearing. All right. And it says, uh, uh, many waters as the voice of mighty thunderings. All right. Hallelujah. In that, what he says is through this sound, through this sound, whether it was by force of what's being said or it was being said out of out of love, uh, out of being in a different place in God. He says, I still heard. Hallelujah. Holy is the loosing of God. See, you got to understand every crowd that you go into, everybody could be chanting the same thing. But the thing is, everybody is chanting the same thing a different way based on each individual 
individual person's emotion about what they're chanting will declare how it comes out of their mouth. Their actions or the way that they move their body when they say it declares what they feel about what they're saying. John is saying he's he's hearing this and in that every level of 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 reverence unto the name God, the the reverence unto saying holy is loosing him is being personified and echoed where John is. Then he says, it says, for the Lord God, omnipotent. All right. Omnipotent meaning uh, all ruling reigneth. All right. Meaning he sits in authority. John says he sits in authority. Amen. Verse seven, he says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. All right. We, we're, we're, we're getting down into some things here in Revelation chapter 19. Let's, let's look at look at verse 7 uh, uh, again here closely. Because for some of you, even in your Bibles, it may even declare marriage supper of the Lamb. This is, this is about the marriage supper. So, so verse 7 says, let us be glad. All right? Meaning, uh, uh, let us be cheerful. Let us be happy. Let us not have any anger. Let us not have any malice. The thing is... John is given the words, let us be happy because we should not have a bad frequency within our spirit when it comes to being in the presence of God. When I have anger, I have pride. And if I understand what, what really goes on with pride and jealousy, it puts me in the category of being like Lucifer before the fall. All right. Uh, 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 I will be a light bearer, but I won't be consumed by the light. See, even as Lucifer, some people may have got this revelation uh, uh, before, but for some that may not have it, one of the things with, with Lucifer, the name means light bearer out of its translation. But see, you got to understand as a light bearer, visualize this. If I picked up a lantern and I lit the lantern and I held it up in front of me to walk outside at night, hey amen, I've got the light. Okay. However, I'm holding the light out with my arms stretched out in my hand. So even though I've got the light in front of me, I'm not part of that light. All I'm doing is bearing up the light, holding it so, so uh, everything else can see that there's a light that exists. But watch this. If anybody tries to figure out who I am, they won't be able to because the darkness still obscures me as the lantern holder. So, so. Understand as a revelation, Lucifer, many, many, many of us will find ourselves with so many things within us that we cannot become one with the light. Okay. So, so in that he's saying, don't cancel yourself out. There's some things that, that has to be out of you. So he says, in order to do that, you, 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 you need to express the emotion that associates the power source. What is the, the emotion that associates the power source other than being glad, being happy, that ties itself to love? And 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. 
or knoweth not love, for God is love. Okay, so 1 John 4, 7 and 8 defines God as love. And if it's defining him as love, then these things are part of the giftings that we should be activating to stay in alignment with who God is. So the verse says, uh, be glad and rejoice. All right. Meaning to to jump for joy. All right. Because joy is the root word of rejoice. All right. Now, with joy being the root word, then to rejoy or rejoice means to reactivate the joy that's in you. And in that, it speaks for a demonstration that goes along with it. So that is why to rejoice means for you to do a physical action more so than the joy that is within your spirit. Okay, basically rejoicing is jumpstarting your physical to match what your spiritual is doing on the inside. The spiritual man, if it is glad, has joy. All right. But people won't know that the spiritual man has joy unless you show a demonstration. Your demonstration is called rejoicing, which is being articulated or expressed by your physical. So he says, uh, uh, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor. All right. Honor means uh, to give value to. The Greek word for honor is time. Isn't that interesting? Time is the Greek word for honor and, and honor means to value, to sow into. So, so John says, for us to be glad, he says, express your gladness and your joy by demonstration. And in this, you began to honor or value God. He says, these things are necessary because the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready. What he is really implying here is the marriage of the groom is come based on these actions and these actions, i.e. being glad, rejoicing and honoring God are the prerequisites that make you the bride that's ready. If the church is the bride that's talked about here in the book of Revelation. Now somebody should have a high five right there and understand that uh, uh, it is a farce to claim that we are the bride of Christ. If we ain't got no joy, we ain't got no gladness, we can't rejoice and we can't give God no honor, no value, no, no worship, no praise. All of those things, what, what John is declaring here in this one singular verse is what makes us ready. All right. The word ready is hedomazo, which means prepared. The preparation, let, let me bag up and say this again. I want to make sure before I get off this, this, this Bible study tonight, part of your preparation is about you exercising these three things. If you ain't exercising them, no matter how much word, you know, no matter how much you have, have, have done of the word, the thing is just like Jesus said, you know, some will say that they casted out demons in my name. And he says, I know you not because you wasn't prepared. 
you weren't, i.e., properly prepared. You were prepared to, 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 to do things that you read, but you ain't got no spiritual demonstration that prepares you for him. Your preparation requires a, a, a demonstration of what's on the inside that has a manifestation of what's on the outside of you. That's why John first says that you got to be glad. There has to be a spiritual place that you are on the inside in order to move to a physical place on the outside. And when you are able to move to the physical place on the outside, those things will cause you to praise him and worship him in both manifestations station both spiritual and physical and he says these are the things that I'm looking for my bride to be able to do if the bride is not postured in this then the bride is not prepared see some people have to understand especially as we are a apostolic people and a prophetic people in this season we have we 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 continue to imply to the body of believers how significant it is to be a real worshiper how significant it is to be a real praiser how significant it is to get yourself right i.e. your spirit man right Carrying the gifts of the characteristics of God on the inside. See, it, it's, it's, it's not a thing that we just need the characteristics of God on the inside of us. And then we can't do nothing on the outside. Those things have to be in alignment in order to demonstrate him before him. Because once again, I've told many people this before and I'll say it again. We continue to hold up his his return in suspended animation. The scripture says that he's coming back for a church without a spot or a blemish. I.e. he's coming back for somebody that looks like him. I.e. not only looks like him in, 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 in physical, but also looks like him in characteristics of demonstration. If I ain't got those together, he's still waiting to see himself. Jesus didn't come here just as God inside a man's body. He demonstrated. He says he 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 said over and over that that you know that God can be glorified through him. Glorification is the demonstration with the body. Understand to give God glory is what you do with your mouth with with your spirit. To glorify God is you to demonstrate him in your actions as well as what's going on in the glory of what you speak. So this, this is what John begins to bring to our attention here in Revelation chapter 19. Amen. 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 Praise God. I'm going to stop right there because I know we are of the hour. So uh, if there's anybody that is listening that has any comments or has any questions regarding the information that I've covered from Revelation chapter one, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse one through verse seven, please feel free uh, to make it known now. Amen. Amen. Bless you, man of God.
Amen. Bless you, man of God, for taking the time to to give those profound words as far as the word is for those that are listening. And I thank you for the honor that you've spoken over my life as to what thus said the Lord as to my identity. Bless you, man of God. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Bless you, man of God. <laughs> That's a good one there. Amen. Amen. Bless you, man of God. Bless you, man of God. Amen. Sir, are you on? Amen. Bless you, sister. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. I pray it is it is a word of clarity to really put you in another place of, of seeing some things with spiritual eyes. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. Bless you, man of God. I'm here, man of God. I'm on. Amen. Grace and peace, sis. Amen. Thank you, woman of God. Thank you, woman of God. Amen. Bless you, woman of God. Thank you for that honor. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Well, all of you know, you know, I believe that God, God in this season, God is just not using people to, to just have people doing stuff. I believe God is a God of clarity. And if God is a God of clarity, then that's what we're saying. If we're claiming we have a revelation, a revelation is really clarity on what you have come in contact with or have encountered. You know what I'm saying? It remains a mystery to you if you cannot uh, articulate what you've encountered. You know what I'm saying? So, so in that, we have to be men of God and women of God that are looking to be uh, articulative of the things of God 
in order to bring alignment, not only to ourselves, but to the unlearned. And I believe uh, uh, with that, and I thank God that y'all recognize who God has made me to be in this season uh, uh, and in, in the, the region or the sphere that God has placed me in order to help everybody that is willing to listen to God through me listen for clarity so that they can execute in a clearer place of what they're doing in ministry. Amen. And see, Elder, even if I could interrupt just, just for a moment, watch this. Uh, and I hope everybody that's listening really grab what I'm saying. What, uh, I, I, I'll begin to pose it as a question, even for the United States, what has been one of the major things that has, has decimated people in the United States? other than death based upon suicide or depression or anger. Uh, are are y'all really hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so demonic entities and the adversary says, as long as you practice emotions, that's opposite of the character of God, you as a God in the earth, kill God by killing yourself. I hope somebody heard me right there. Every time, see, see, the thing is, see, we got to understand that, that there's a difference in the sacrifice. The scripture says that we are living sacrifices. It didn't say dead sacrifices. And many people are, 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 are thinking they death is the outlet. Uh, y'all, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. Uh, many people are thinking that the deaths of the suicides 
or their outlet. You think about it. Somebody commits suicide. They'll say, well, this will be better for my family. If I go and kill myself, they'll be better off without me. Okay. So, so in that, all that is, is the negative characteristics of the adversary speaking through them to kill that element of God in the earth. And so, so as I do that, why, why am I saying that the, my family will be better off without me other than something that has happened or transpired in my life? That has me in depression or has me in anxiety or, or, or has me in sorrow or has me in anger. But yet John is right here in the presence of God. John is right here in the presence of the celestial host. And he's saying that ain't even authorized in this area. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. He, he said at the beginning, he said, you got to prep yourself if you want to stay here. If you want to be here and be with the rest of the boys worshiping God, the boys and girls, he says, you got to get your attitude or your character in the right place. You got to get your spirit, i.e. based upon what you used to your emotion in the right place. The only way your spirit going to get in the right place is if you practice the right emotions. Y'all, y'all got to hear, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. Y'all think about it. Anybody that goes to see a counselor. Even in the natural, the counselor is going to listen to you uh, uh, and they say what? They're, they're, they're the sounding board for you to let your emotions out. Notice they let you get your emotions out before they can give you sound conversation. Because now they're not talking to your negative emotion. They have the ability to talk to your positive emotion while it's sitting in neutral. While it's sitting in neutral, it has the ability to be put in gear if it's being empowered by the right power. Remember, as I said here earlier, I told you about exousia power, power of influence. That's why you go to them to influence you, to get you back on course. Show you right. Show you right. Hey man, my, my bad, y'all. Hey <laughs> man, bless you, woman of God. Hey man, I mean, I'm just giving truth. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and I share with y'all. I was telling somebody here earlier. I was sharing with somebody here earlier at work, and I share this with y'all as a testimony. I was telling them. I said, even for me. As the man of God that God has called me to be, I think many of you that are on here that know me, know me. I've said, you know, uh, some years ago, I said, amen. When the Lord calls me to retire from what I do as a profession and everything, I think I want to do counseling for churches uh, uh, for the body of Christ. I want to do Christian counseling and so forth. But in these last couple of years, God has begun to shape me once again, as everybody knows me. Uh, in a greater place of academia or, 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 or teaching. Now, as I say teaching, teaching ain't just about being able to talk the stuff. You got to be able to demonstrate the stuff as well. That's what true teaching is. But, but in that, as I was sharing with the individual on today, I told him, I said, God has got me in a place where my passion is, is teaching and I said, the thing is, what God is showing me is even with being a, teach, a teacher and fulfilling what the Great Commission is. Y'all remember Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, go ye therefore and teach. It is a commission. You know what I'm saying? Now understand, 
And and I apologize for those that are still hanging on if we've gone over the time, but y'all open Pandora's box with me giving this this testimony. But you know what I'm saying? People are, are, are so engaged about trying to get the, the title of all the others with fivefold, but none of them are, are exercising one of the main ones, the teacher. The teacher is the demonstrator of all of those. I can't be an apostle. I can't be a prophet. I can't be a pastor. I can't be an evangelist unless I can demonstrate that. So then, then, then the thing is, the teacher is the pivoting point within fivefold. Hope I'm giving somebody a revelation right there. It's the pivoting point, so it means I've got to be able to demonstrate. If I can't demonstrate the instruction of what I'm speaking, then I can't demonstrate the mantles that I want to wear. So, so, so in being able to, to, to demonstrate, as I was telling this individual, I said, what God is showing me is that he's using me in the capacity of being that spiritual counselor just by teaching. What is happening is, is for instance, there may be somebody among you listening right now. Something was a revelation for you that I don't have to hold your hand or put you on a couch and have you to, to tell me your problems, your sorrows and woes. You've got some things right now that you are holding on to that you're struggling with and something gave you a breakthrough on something that you heard. So what happens is that little piece of that nugget you've taken as a counseling piece to now go back and meditate on or apply it to yourself. And now you feel a weight relieved. But yet you ain't have to come see me behind closed doors. Are, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, that, that's the same thing about the word itself. God says, when you get into my word, then all your problems will go away because it begins to be the counselor to you to change things. So now now I'm in a, in a light now that I say, OK, God, uh, I think I'm good with just being in, in the, the posture to teach on your behalf in every aspect because I'm still fulfilling what was a previous passion. Now you've embraced that passion and made it greater. Amen. Y'all got a preacher crump. Anybody else? Let me let me let me get off the box. Anybody else? Amen. I guess everybody everybody good. Say again, woman of God. Amen. And, and congratulations back to you, everybody, to Dr. Porterdeal, uh, who is on the conference line. She just got her her doctorate a couple of weeks ago. And we applaud you, woman of God, in the grace of God. Uh, I'm just proud that you have achieved. And I thank you for giving me that honor as well. Amen. Amen. Well, let me ask is that if there's anybody else, if 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 uh, if nobody else has any comments or any questions regarding tonight, I will also say, hey, if there's anybody got any special prayer requests, please feel free to make them known. Amen. Amen. When 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 has she received it, Pastor Dixon? 
Okay. Amen. Amen. We'll do Menegar. Amen. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.